Welcome to this week's episode of the His Hill Podcast. My name is Kelly Darty, and we have uh, some special guests with us this week. Uh, you know, being that our our goal is to uh, to reconnect with the alumni of His Hill, uh, we also want uh, just anyone who's listening to be able to benefit. But uh, because we're, we're we're wanting to connect with alumni. I'm always looking out and uh, be, and ready for any alumni who come to visit. And so this week we have Damian Martinez, who was a student with us in 2011-2012. He came, first of all, uh, to work in the summer camp, having done one year down in Port Antorchas, which is uh, in Costa Rica, his home country. And uh, then he stayed with us for a second year, and then he uh, did another, another summer with us. Also with us is his wife, Emily. And uh, she will be, uh, we'll be talking with her in a little bit, but uh, first we'll talk with Damian to find out, you know, just what he's doing now. And then uh, we'll talk about how he and Emily got met and what they're doing together. Uh, So anyway, guys, say hello to everybody. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Good to have you. Damian, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, you, you being here as a student, we got to know each other and and uh, and also during the summertime, but I I don't really remember if we ever had a talk about your childhood. Uh, tell us a little bit about this. How what was your childhood like? Did you grow up in a Christian home? No, I grew up in a Catholic family. I guess they were not devoted to Catholicism. Okay, but uh, that was my upbringing. I did like the first communion. Well, that that was about it. I was baptized in the Catholic Church when I was a baby, of, of course. And just did the first communion. I didn't do the confirmation. Okay, okay. How did you come to know Jesus? Well, that was during my high school years. I guess I was fifteen years old, and um, uh, kind of kind of fun, kind of funny story. I was throwing up in a in a trash can <laughs> in the high school because I got drunk with okay. some friends. Okay, and well, I and that that was because I had kind of walk away from God. I knew about God obviously because of my upbringing in the Catholic Church, but I didn't. I didn't follow after a few years. Uh, when I was eleven or so, I walked away from from the faith uh, just because I started reading the Bible and I saw that it didn't match what the Catholic Church uh, taught me. Mm. So I was like, "Well, this doesn't make sense." So well, how, how do you practice this if it is it contradicts what the Bible says? So I walk away from God for for well, I, I wasn't a true believer. Uh, and when I was fifteen, I was there throwing up in a garbage can, and I I believe that the Holy Spirit was uh, talking to me uh, through my conscience, I guess. Okay. And uh, I I was aware I was living a sinful life. I was breaking God's commands, living telling lies and, well, experimenting with things mm. I should not. Uh, and then the Holy Spirit spoke to me, told me, well, you, you are a sinner because of the Ten Commandments. And also I was thinking about my some of my relatives that had um, problems with alcohol. And I in that moment on my knees, I was I prayed to God in my, in my head, God, if you're real, please save me from this life. And he, uh, through that, voice that I can just say it was the Holy Spirit. He, he, he told me the only, the only thing you need is me. Mm. And from there I started, well, changing my behavior and mm. the things I did. 
Eventually, I came to a evangelical church where for the first time I heard about being saved by faith and not by deeds, not by your works. So that was like a big revelation mm. for me. And I started following God. It wasn't like uh, I don't have a specific date when I put my trust in, in, in Christ. But that was like the beginning Okay, uh, that they throwing up. Wow, I can honestly say I have never heard a testimony quite like that, starting from throwing up. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, praise God that that that's actually you know that, that's really neat to hear. Uh, you know, so often we feel like if and you say you don't have a particular date, you know, the, yeah. the, the date's not important. You know, whether or not you are have entrusted your life to Christ, you're dependent upon Jesus. And, you know, really, that's what it means to believe in him, to entrust mm-hmm. your life. When Jesus says that in John 3, 16, you know, the word believe means to entrust your life. And I think, too, you know, I think of how the Holy Spirit is, you know, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to convict the world of sin. Yeah, and, that's right. And, you know, I think we limit the Lord so easily and so often. You know, I think we, we think of him as being out there, you know, more abstract, not so much substance, you know? Uh, and, uh, and so I think it's good to hear testimonies like that, that, you know, the Lord certainly uses sermons, certainly uses relationships, but he doesn't need that. He can, you know, he, he can convict us of our sin and, and, and draw us to himself. And, uh, well, without that really, there, there is no, there is no hope. You know, whether it comes from a sermon or Bible study, being at Bible school or in church, without the Holy Spirit drawing us, there's no hope. So I appreciate, you know, mm-hmm. appreciate you being able to be so open to share like that. So um, then eventually you got connected with torchbearers. How did that happen? Uh, well, shortly after I became a Christian, um, torchbearers, Costa Rica, Portan Torches, they used to go to the churches, visit some churches in some rural communities uh, just to present their ministry, to present the school. And I was, I still was 15 when I heard about it the first time. And, uh, well, at that moment, I, I decided, like, I want to go to that school. I want okay. to learn more about Christ. I, I really, I saw these young people um, just passionate about Christ. So I wanted that. So that was the first time they later on, um, maybe two years later. No, actually before I I graduated high school, they came, uh, back, uh, another church and I, and I kind of had forgotten about that, but then that kind of, um, reignited that, that passion for Christ and that desire to attend Bible school. So when I finished high school, I uh, contacted the Bible school in Costa Rica, and I, uh, well, sent my application, and uh, I think it was like a week before the school started, uh, they told me that I, I, I could come, that I was, uh, my application was approved, I guess. Okay, no, good. Who was the director at that time? At that time, uh, the director was... Um, Sorry, Marco Perez. Yeah, Marco. Marco, okay. Marco Perez Jr. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and now uh, now Tom is the the director, but I knew I, I know Marco as well. Yeah, good guy. And uh, so that's okay. So you were there for for one year. Yes. And then you ended up coming here, his hill for the summer. Yes, that's right. There okay. was like, um, well, I, I I yeah, there was a 
period in between 2010 and 2011 where I was volunteering at, at Portland Torches before coming here. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, now, w- w- coming here for the summer, what uh, were you the only one that came here from Costa Rica for the summer? For that year, yes, I believe so. For okay. that year, I, I was the only one from Costa Rica. Okay. Um, okay, now, uh, what made you want to come here for summer camp? Well, the the plan wasn't summer camp, to be honest. It was uh, just Bible school because uh, Marco Perez Sr., uh, he was the one who encouraged me to come for a second year. Oh, okay. And then uh, I, I thought it was a good idea to come for the summer first before this the, the classes started. And it was a very good decision because I wasn't very good with my English back then. Okay. So during those uh, I don't know how long summer is, two or three months, I think, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, uh, I was able to to learn more English and, and kind of be able to communicate with people and prepare me for, for, for Bible school classes, which I was good at reading and, and writing, but I was not very good at speaking. So that time okay. helped me a lot before starting classes. Yeah, that's one of the things about being a part of Torchbearers that I've just been blown away with is how many people in Torchbearers that are bilingual, you know, and in some cases speak multiple languages. I, I just, it just blows my mind. I have a hard time with English. And uh, people <laughs> people who have listened to the podcast know that to be true. Um, but uh, yeah, so that, that was really brave of you to come here, not really being able to speak oh, yeah. that clearly, but or, or that well yet. But, uh, but but then after three months, uh, and you know, I've heard that from a lot of our students. They come here sometimes not being able to speak English well, but after about three to six weeks, they find that, you know, just being immersed in it, that they can, uh, that, that, that they start to catch on and they, and they do well. So um, that's just uh, anybody out there that's concerned about, you know, who's thinking about coming to his hill and thinking, well, huh, English isn't my first language. It, it really doesn't take long to catch on. No, it doesn't. Once you're here, like, you learn fast. Okay. Now, okay, so then the second year started, and uh, you were you were part of that group. I think there was a, was there something like maybe 10, 12 students that year? We were 11, okay. and then uh, one more was added later. Okay. So we were 12. Okay, uh-huh. huh. I'm impressed. I could remember that. Um, <laughs> I Okay, this is my memory, okay? Uh, now, there's a lot of memories of you being a, a second-year student, but here's the one that sticks out in my mind, and I bet Emily's never heard this. We went on an overnight bike camping trip. <laughs> And uh, we had to set up our own. Remember that we set up our own shelters yeah, yeah. and all of that. And uh, we were, we were uh, by the by the river, out toward Waring. And I look up, and it's it's getting toward the evening. And Damian comes out of this field wearing a onesie. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> and and he wore that thing. Uh, you, you slept all night in that thing, and then we went on a canoe trip. And I think you brought it with you then too. No, I don't. I don't think for the canoe trip. But I was wearing that onesie because I was sleeping on the in a sleeping bag in, in the open field. I wanted to see the stars that night. Oh, okay, okay. So you thought that'd be the warmest thing to do. All yeah. right. Well, okay. I saw some pictures. I think it was pink too. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, like a bright. Yeah, I'm colorblind, and I could tell that. <laughs> That's funny. That's it. I could see that color. Okay, um, so after your after the second year, what was it about the second year? Did anything stick out that was that was uh, you know something that you remember that was impactful? Uh, you know, like coming from a 
country where there's a lot of uh, different gospels. Like as Paul says, not that there are different gospels, but some people come and try to um, what's the word? Try to uh, distort the the truth. Okay. Uh, just just digging into the word and actually compare what people say to to what the word of God says because there's a lot especially prosperity gospel then in Central America is big and a lot of people put their faith in the preachers and all the prophets and well when things don't come to pass they get disappointed and they walk away from from God so just to 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 be able to really go deep in the word of God do hermeneutics and also apologetics mm. Uh, that that has stuck to me. Like uh, to this is, to this day, I keep studying a lot of apologetics and rightly divide the word of God. Uh, just really study it and understand what it really, what the word of God really says. Well, good. You know that's uh, that, that's encouraging to hear because just for people who don't understand uh, how things work here, our first year program, and that's you know for years we had only a one year program, and then. About, oh, maybe 30 years into it, we decided to add a second year. And, and this was the reason for the second year. Um, I, I was in charge of the second year for a number of years, and Charlie told me this is what he would like to see, Charlie being our director. He would like to see uh, come from the second year. We would like to see our students be able to better articulate what it means for Christ to be their life. And in saying that, he means in not only in what they say, but in how they live. So the first year, we study the scripture from Genesis to Revelation. We try to cover every book of the Bible. Some years we make make it through all 66, and then other years it's 64, 65. And then the second year, students from His Hill and other Torchbearer centers who want to come here will come, and then we dig more into what you were talking about. We dig more into the, the, the apologetics, into the, uh, the, the theology of things. Um, and we still do some book study, but we, we dig a, a little harder. And one of the things I always enjoyed about the second year uh, is, you know, you get, we try to have a little bit more discussion. They're smaller classes. Um, and so I, I, I've asked questions, and students will say, well, it's, you know, Christ in me. And I remember one year a student said that, and I looked at him and I said, okay, what does that mean? And his eyes got big and he looked at me and he says, well, it's what you've been saying for a year and a half. <laughs> I said, yeah, now what does it mean? And he looked at me and kind of cocked his head and he said, that's a good question. And so as a class, they started to, to, to work through that. You know, we if we're not careful... We can take truths, our truth in this case, of Scripture, and it just becomes terminology. Mm-hmm. You know, we know it's right. Okay, but why is it right? And what does it mean? And so it's interesting that you would say, you know, that that was, that was impactful for you to just be in the Word like that, and you still find the, the necessity for that. That's great. All right, now, after this, you went, uh, you went home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did another uh, another uh, year of camp, and then you went home. And, uh, did, and did you get involved with Portland Torches right away? No, I actually work at a nature nature park for uh, some months. I, I was an employee for a, for a couple months, but then I got a a job, and I was working with the snakes, just taking care of the snakes at a nature park. And then um, 
after a while, I, I guess some staff members uh, were leaving from port, and uh, uh, Tom Marcus, which uh, came after uh, Marco Perez Jr., mm -hmm. uh, talked to me and asked me if I would be interested in being part of the staff at Port and Torches. Okay, and you were there for how long? That was from 2014 to 2016. So it was a short time, but it was a good time. And what was your position there? Uh, a little bit of everything, to be honest. Like I was doing uh, maintenance, I was doing small groups, uh, translation, because uh, we had uh, a, sp a Spanish speaker mm. students that needed translations when we had people coming from North America or parts. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of everything, to be honest. Okay. Great. Now, you met somebody while you were there. Yes. <laughs> okay. And who was that somebody? That would, well, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I let her introduce herself. Hi, I'm Emily. He met me there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we met there in 2014, uh, which, uh, well, happened to be the same year I okay. started working. <laughs> All right. And then after um, uh, she finished her first year, I just... Uh, contact her parents and I called, had a conversation with them and just asked them if I could date their daughter, which was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I, I think the first time I spent like over an hour talking to them over Skype because they, they are from Canada. <laughs> okay. And Emily, uh, now you were, now, now let's, let, we'll make sure, we want to make this clear that you guys met, but you didn't actually start to date until after the school year, right? Yes, after both semesters. Okay. And then were, did you, did you stay there for a while or were you back in Costa Rica? How did you guys date if you, you know, you weren't a student anymore, so school was over with, how did that Um, We were long distance. Okay. So it was a long distance relationship. Okay. Yeah. Now I got to ask. When, when a boy from Costa Rica calls your mom and dad, because I one of my fears was that my daughter, one of my daughters, would fall in love for sure. You know, they they, they went to Torchbearers as well for sure. They were, you know, my fear was that they would fall in love with an Australian. You know, so on the other side of the world. You know, how to handle? How did your parents handle this when this Costa Rican gives them a call? Oh, they loved him. Um, he got a lot of points there calling them. Before we dated, introducing himself, he called him all by himself. I was worried. I was more worried than he was. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> but no, my parents love him and they were fine with it. I've always been independent. So okay. hence me going to Costa Rica. Yeah, that well, that makes sense. Now, you did I understand you say earlier before we got started here that your parents are missionaries? Yes, they are. So international idea of, of people from other places probably you know didn't really freak them out they would be they would be okay with that yeah they yeah. were a lot they were more used to it yeah okay okay well emily let's uh let's get to know you a little bit um now you were a bible school student there at, at um, port and torches yeah okay now let's back up a little bit what was what was it like in your home growing up uh, you, your parents were, were believers yes okay and uh, what what was growing up like um so I grew up sort of the opposite of him I grew up in a Christian home my parents are actually missionaries on a First Nations reserve so I grew up as an MK in Canada but immersed in two different cultures okay all right. And uh, also for any Americans, First Nation Reserve would be the equivalent of Native American Reservation. 
and so, so and so that was your your growing up, and uh, so that means that uh, were you were you homeschooled? Uh, I was until grade ten, and then grade ten to twelve, I went to high school. Okay, great. Yeah. And how did you come to know Jesus? Um, just through my parents, I saw their work, and I guess it changed my life as it changed others. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, as a child, I always followed the Lord and learned to lead my friends to Christ and oh, wow. follow my parents' example, you know, and it just, it was very natural to me. And so it definitely prepared me to be a missionary and go on into the mission field. Okay. For All sure. Right. Yeah. Well, great. Well, that kind of helps us segue right into the next thing. So you guys dated for how long? Um, a year. Yeah, just, a year. just a year. about yeah. exactly a year. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and then you were married. Where did you get married? We got married in Saskatchewan. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we didn't ask that. Where were you from? You're, you are from Saskatchewan. Okay. Yeah, Saskatchewan, Canada. Woo, prairies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now... Uh, okay, so you got married in Saskatchewan, but you guys moved to Costa Rica. Yes, we did. Okay, and uh, and your uh, so tell us about that. You guys tell us what uh, you've been married for about five years, and uh, what what have you been doing during those five years? Well, we went back right after we got married. So like three weeks later, we were in Costa Rica. Just uh, yeah. Um, well, it, it was a little bit crazy just going there. Even though it was my hometown, we had a place where to live uh, because uh, one, my mom's house, uh, she passed it on to us. And, um, well, we went there just uh, to reach the people. Just just because of my upbringing, when I became a Christian, like the theology wasn't very deep theology. And, you know, like I, I said, like I discovered or this revelation about being saved by faith. Mm-hmm. But there was no much more beyond that. Like uh, some churches teach that, and they also add uh, faith plus deeds or works. Yeah. So it, it's, it's not really uh, what, what, what the Bible says. Like it's by faith and faith alone. And also like um, it's, it, there is no much of a personal relationship with God. It's uh, more of trying to please God still, even after you come by faith, you come to Christ and you're safe. Uh, you, you're still trying to please God. It's not this, um, it's not letting Christ live in you and through you. It's, it's trying to do your best for him still. So we wanted to go back there because we we needed, we needed knew about the need and that's what we've been doing. Uh, when we got there, our main focus was to kind of support the church and it was quite hard to find a church, to be honest, that had sound doctrine and that we could participate with. Uh, finally, we, we, we found a little Baptist church and uh, we, we started supporting them with uh, the youth group, just being the leaders of the youth group. And since then, we, we've been doing work with them. Uh, but we've been doing a little bit of everything. We go to schools or high schools. Uh, just to teach English to the kids after mm. class, and that opens the the doors to to share uh, the word of God and the love of God with them. Uh, currently, we have a program that was passed on to us. Uh, an older guy, he he is is getting old. He's having some health issues. Uh, that that 
it's a program with uh, kids living in poverty. Um, and we have about 75 kids in the program. We have to add a couple more. We're going to be around 100 probably. And we visit these kids uh, uh, not every week, but uh, every time we can, whenever we have the time to go visit their families and just uh, uh, see how the kids are doing. Uh, on Christmas, we deliver gifts for them. Now with the COVID situation, we we were able to deliver food packages for them since uh, a lot of the, their parents lose their jobs and there's, no, and there's a lot of unemployment. So it's a little bit of everything, but always trying to focus on discipleship and just teach people to read scripture and, and have that relationship with God. Okay. And Emily, being in, in Costa Rica, I, I know as a student at, at Torchbearers, you had to learn uh, you had to learn Spanish, but now you're even more immersed in it. So how's that going, you know, ministering in another language? It's going really well. Um, so you actually do not need to speak Spanish to oh, wow. go to the center in Costa Rica. I believe you used to, but... Oh, okay, you know so that's changed. Do. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, but they will have things in bilingual classes, so it depends if you speak Spanish. That is very helpful in ministries. You have a weekly ministry, and so the yeah, the first month you do have Spanish classes, but you do not need to speak Spanish to attend. Okay, all right. But but in the ministry that you're involved in now, I assume that you are using your Spanish. Yes, I am. And how's that going? It's going well. So we are in the very northern part of Costa Rica, and so um, there are no English speakers there. Oh, there wow. are no tourists there. There are no beaches there. We're inland, and so um, there's nothing there. We call it the Forgotten North because... <laughs> We're the only missionaries that we know of that are really? there. Yeah. And so there are a lot of missionaries in Costa Rica, but they're um, mostly in the capital, on the coasts, mm. you know. And we're in the, yeah, we are in the Saskatchewan of Costa Rica. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. That's really interesting. So uh, what, okay, explain to the listeners just what, the, what, what's the name of the ministry and how, how does this all work? Okay, so we work with a mission agency. The name of the mission agency is Commission to Every Nation. So for short, it's CTEN, C-T-E-N, the, the initials of the whole name, Commission to Every Nation. Uh, so we go there. Uh, well, we, we, we decide the work that we're going to be doing there. Uh, they obviously uh, see what we're doing there. They approve it. And uh, although, well, we depend on um, the kindness of people. The people have to donate to our organization for us to be able to be down there and minister to people. So, um, um, yeah, we, we depend of of people's support. Uh, but, but, yeah, um, it's, it's uh, we just basically, whatever the Lord is calling us to do, uh, we... We tell them what we're doing, and they 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 are they are taking care of us. Basically, they take care of us. Okay. Uh, since uh, I wanted to bring this up a little later, but since you, you you mentioned it there, if if anybody wants to uh, to support your ministry, how how would they how would they get in touch? How would they? Yeah. How just tell us how to go about that. 
So we have a profile with C10. So if you type in the letter C and then the word 10.org, you can search our name anywhere under missionaries, anywhere where there's a search bar and um, our profile will pop up. There's a description. There's a place to donate. You can sign up for newsletters if you would like to pray for us. And so that would be the best way to contact us. Okay. What are some of the, uh, what have been some of the trying times for you guys with this ministry? Um, uh, I'm going to, I want you to answer that first. What have been some trying things? And then what have been some real, you know, exciting things to see happen? So some trying things, I guess for me was the language. The first year I was, I thought I knew Spanish and then I moved there and was fully submersed and realized I didn't know anything. Wow. And so the first year was hard language wise, but, um, after that, I guess it's just that there are very, there is really nobody else there. And so, um, we are kind of on our own in terms of missionaries. And so, um, that has been challenging at times. Um, our new, our new mission organization though, we have, uh, a pastoral care couple that we're able to talk to every month. And so they've just really, we don't feel lonely and they've really helped us through that. But that would be one of the trying things, I guess, just that there really is nobody else reaching out there. And so it is a lot to, I guess, a lot to be on our own and trying to, trying to do as much as we can while not doing too much so that we get burnt out and have to leave. So just the balancing act, I guess, of ministry. You know, that's, uh, I've kind of picked up on this a little bit, just, you know, uh, you guys were in Bernie Bible this last Sunday and uh, Damian taught Sunday school. It was just exciting for me to to be a part of that, except for when he asked me a question and I couldn't answer it. That, (laughs) that, that wasn't the exciting part for me, but, uh, but really a, um, just listening to you guys some, I started to pick up on this, is that you're you're figuring this out, the two of you on the field, basically, all, except for now this new ministry that you're involved with, C10, just trying to figure this out. How old are you guys? 29. I'm 25. 25 and 29, the only missionaries in the area. That's, wow, that's challenging. That's that's really exciting to hear that you guys would, uh, you know, be be willing to trust the Lord to do something like that. So, yeah, thanks for the example. Uh, okay, so now, what are some exciting things that have happened on the field? Um, some exciting things. Uh, let me see. There's a lot of things that happen, but um, well, I guess may, maybe the way I'm gonna say it is is this sounds discouraging. But it's actually very exciting. It's very encouraging. Okay. Because uh, a year ago, before before uh, COVID started, uh, the pastor of the little congregation we we attended, uh, he had to quit because he had to take care of some family issues and, and stuff. So the the church doesn't have a pastor. A year went by and nothing happened. So um, we we decided. Well, even before a year had combined we started working with the youth uh we started a young adult bible study at home and we also decided to start a bible bible study uh for the families so it's exciting because even though these people don't have a pastor we are there to 
to pastor the flock in a sense. So uh, that's that's uh, that's encouraging to us, and I hope that uh, if any other people that support us are listening, that 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 encourage you too, because we are there thanks to you, and we can be uh, we can be a light to these people that otherwise would not have a, a, a leader in their lives to, to be able to continue to study the word and so that they don't walk away from mm. God because mm. there's no one there to lead them. So that that's exciting to us and we don't know what direction uh, God is going to take us because we don't know if, when a pastor is going to come. Maybe it will never come and maybe one day we have to start a church. We have to take the decision to plant a church. Mm. So, so that's exciting to us. Wow. Okay. Well, wow. I mean, I, I got to tell you, as it's really fun for me, and I thank the Lord because He doesn't have to show me these things. But when we have students, people that we have taught, people that I have taught, uh, come back and and we get to hear what they're doing, and and more specifically what Christ is doing in and through them, it it just you, you don't know how you don't know what that does, you know, for 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 me. And so, uh, you know, I just, I want to encourage you guys with this, that I, I really mean this, what you're doing, trusting the Lord for, for this ministry that you're involved in is very encouraging and, uh, and very challenging too, to me. So, you know, thank you for trusting the Lord and for being that example too. Um, what Damian, it's just, it's just fun to see you again. <laughs> and, uh, and to anybody out there that knows Damian knows that he is just, the easiest guy to be around and genuine. And so it's just, it's nice to see you back here. And Emily, it's a treat to meet you. And because you know, I, I, I see on, on, um, it's either been Facebook. It's probably been Facebook. I, I, I've, you know, I've seen something developing and then I saw the, you know, the, the post of the, mar- <laughs> the, 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 the marriage, the wedding. And, uh, and now to meet you is, is really a, a treat for me too. And, uh, and to, to, to just see you guys as a couple and your heart for each other, you know, being, uh, just a, a podcast, that's only audio. You can't see what's going on around the table, but it's really, it's really neat for me to see Emily's watching her husband. She's making sure he's, he's, he's doing the things that I, 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 the coaching I gave before, how close to be to the mic and all of this. And she reaches over and help. They look at each other and they point to each other for you do this, you do this. And it's just neat to see them just working together like that. And, and to be able to understand each other too, without having to say a word to each other. So that's been neat to see. Um, is there uh, an email address address that you guys have that people could get in touch with you with? Uh, yeah, the, I guess uh, my email would be Damian, which is D-A-M-I-A-N-C-R at 91 at gmail.com. Well, great. Is there anything else that you guys would like to talk about before we finish up? I would just say if you're considering doing a torchbearer school, just do it. When I was considering doing the school in Costa Rica, I was talking to a girl from church who went to the one in New Zealand, and I said, how was it? What should I do? Should I go? And she said, just go. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but, like, was it good? How?" She said, just go. Just do it. Just go. Mm. And I went and it was, it really was life changing. And Mm. so if you are considering doing that, I highly recommend it. And I would give the same advice. Just do it. Just go. Okay. And if you ever have thought or consider going to Central America for missions, uh, maybe reach out to us. Okay. Maybe you can get them in touch with the right people and help them out with that. Okay. 
Good. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate you being here and giving me the time that you have. I know you've been really busy and you're tired because there's been a lot of demand on you since you've been here. So thanks for cutting out some of the carving out some of that time uh, for me to sit down and talk with you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Be sure to follow the His Hill podcast on Instagram at the His Hill podcast and follow us on Spotify or wherever you're listening from and rate us. The higher you rate us, the easier we are for others to find. We have reached the middle mark of our fall term here at Bible School. Please keep our current students in your prayers as the semester continues on. You've been listening to the His Hill podcast featuring our host, Kelly Doherty, along with Damian and Emily. Thank you so much for tuning in with us this week. Remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ alumni. We serve a beautiful God and he is worthy of our trust. I'm Lizzie. We'll see you next time. Thank you.